You're listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is episode 15, recorded on November 25th, 2011. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to develop their coaching skills so they can influence the success of others, their organization, and themselves. Whether you're a seasoned leader or you're leading people for the first time, improving your coaching skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic is getting specific with goals. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Coaching Skills for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from Innovate Learning Studio here in Orange County, California. And today we're going to look at the importance of getting specific with goals. And this topic came into my mind uh, just this past week because I was listening to another podcast on iTunes that I thoroughly enjoy, and that's the HBR IdeaCast. HBR, of course, stands for Harvard Business Review. And Harvard Business Review puts out a great podcast uh, about once a week. Usually it's about 15, 20 minutes, just a little shorter than this show. And uh, they cover topics, uh, boy, all over the business world. Uh, Topics to help people be better leaders, financial management, marketing, uh, much broader than this show. And they had a guest on this uh, just a couple of episodes ago. Uh, uh, And her name is Dr. Heidi Grant Halverson. She's a motivational psychologist. And she's written a book called Nine Things Successful People Do Differently. And you can actually get it on Amazon.com. It's an ebook, And those of you who use the Kindle Reader can get download this for about $3. Uh, it's, it's just a pretty short read. It's only, it takes only about 30 minutes to read. I actually read it this week. And uh, it's, it's a great perspective on how to be effective and more successful in your work. And one of the things I like about her perspective is that she says having a positive attitude is great and it helps but so does competency and consistency. And I'm a big believer in this too. I'm, I'm all for positive attitudes. I try to have one most of the time myself because I just think it's a better way to be in the world. That said, a positive attitude doesn't really get you very far if you don't have competency in what you're doing and consistency in hard work to advance you toward your objectives. And so I was very much uh, really tuned into this book and her perspective on this. One of the things I like about this book is it's backed up with a ton of research. And so she was identified nine things that successful people do differently. And I'm going to put a link on this to the on the show notes for this episode, so you can download that book if you'd like as well. This uh, will be on episode number 15, show notes on innovatelearning.com, so you can find it there. Uh, I'm going to speak specifically today to the first of these nine habits that she mentions, which is to get specific. And I think it's important and critical that that's the first habit that came up in the research because it's something that we work on with leaders constantly, is the importance of getting very specific, not only in goal setting for ourselves, but in goal setting that we're doing with others. And the other reason for looking at this now is that it's that time of the year. And I mean that because uh, many of you who are listening to this episode will be picking it up either the very end of November or the first couple of days of December 2011. And it is the time of the year when you hear those two words that everybody dreads, performance reviews. And if you're working in the business world, uh, and even those of you who are working in nonprofit organizations, This tends to be the time of year that the performance review, again, rears its ugly head. 
And I haven't met many people who like performance reviews. In fact, if you survey most people, at least in corporate America, about how they enjoy performance reviews, you'll have a hard time finding anybody <laughs> that really enjoys this process. Uh, and that would be leaders, uh, workers, human resources, everyone. Uh, nobody seems to like performance reviews. And in fact, there's a growing movement out there to look at different ways for organizations to assess the performance of people. Uh, in fact, there's a there's a book out called Get Rid of the Performance Review uh, by a UCLA professor named Samuel Colbert. I'm about halfway through reading that book. And uh, it, uh, unfortunately, I haven't gotten far enough along to give you a recommendation on that book yet, um, although it does talk a lot about what's wrong with performance reviews. And I think most of us already know that. So hopefully there will be more information as the book goes on here. But one of the problems that many leaders have with performance reviews is that it creates a uh, really uncomfortable conversations, and it creates opportunities to have disagreement with people. And often there's not agreement with leaders and the people they're leading about what it is that they've done and how effective they've been in their goals. And so it's really important for us to do whatever we can to make that process go a little smoother. And one thing that we can do is we can get more specific. Most of us can't affect whether or not our organization or institution uses performance reviews. Uh, we can certainly, uh, you know, advocate for new ideas as, as new ideas emerge in the in the world here in the coming years. But one of the things we can do is we can be more effective with the system we have. And so one way to do that is to get more specific. So we're going to talk about how to set, um, how to get very specific with the people that we're leading, not only for our benefit and to make our jobs easier, but to help them to learn and to grow in a very specific way. And so as you're listening today, if you have questions about these tools and resources that I'm mentioning, give me a call. Be happy to respond to those questions or comments. You can reach me and leave a message at 877-LEARN-45, or you can email feedback at innovatelearning.com. And we're on Facebook too, so you can just search for Innovate Learning on Facebook and you can hit like there and put in comments there and also you'll get up, uh, updates about future episodes. So in preparation for this episode today, I went ahead and pulled some information from some of the past clients we've worked with. Now, I'll say up front here that uh, none of this, I'm not going to mention any names, companies, or industries. I'm just pulling some information from things that I've seen on actual development reports or training goals or things as we've worked with managers over the years that we've been sent as far as what we what they want us to do as we're working with people and or or goals that they have for employees as they're going through training or coaching and in many cases we've then you know fortunately or unfortunately had to go back and work with managers to and, and leaders to revise some of these things. But th this is just a sample of some of the things that I've seen over the years. And these are word for word exactly what I've seen on development reports or training plans or goal setting. And here's the first one. So uh, this, uh, this goal says, uh, in this training, communicate more effectively. Three words, communicate more effectively. Well, if I am... A, uh, if I'm being led by per a person who tells me to communicate more effectively, probably the first thing I'm going to be asking myself is, well, what would I need to do to communicate more effectively? What am I not doing to communicate more effectively? And what, is, what do they mean by, what does he or she mean by communicate? Does he mean better emails? Does she mean I should speak more effectively? Uh, 
boy, that those three words can be interpreted a whole lot of different ways. And that's the problem, is it's not very specific. Communicate more effectively doesn't really mean anything to me out of context. And even within context, it doesn't mean a whole lot to me either unless I know the background of the situation or I know specifically what it is that I could do differently in order to communicate more effectively. Here's another one. Develop leadership skills. This was on a on a goal-setting form that we had from an employee we work with. Develop leadership skills. Well, let's set aside a second the, uh, the uh, reality that if you ask 20 people what leadership means, you'll get 20 different answers. So, so that's pretty general right there. But develop leadership skills. Well, what kind of leadership skills? And what does it mean to develop them? Does it mean I just need to take a class? Does it mean that I actually need to pre- be proficient using them? So that's very, very broad and doesn't really say a whole lot. Leadership could mean a whole lot of things. It could mean being a more effective communicator. It could mean uh, being able to coach someone. It could mean being able to hold people accountable to goals themselves. So, so that's, a real, uh, that's not a real effective goal. Here's another one. This is one of my favorites I've seen over the years. Um, I'm going to read this exactly how it was written. Communication skills to be improved, parentheses writing, and get your point across more clearing and concisely. So there's a whole host of problems with this phrase here. So first of all, it's not at all clear what we mean by communication skills from this leader. So communication skills, does that mean, uh, and I guess they put in parentheses writing. So I guess writing is one area that that they want this person to focus on and get your point across more clearing and concisely. Well, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of leadership, uh, leadership always works best when you're uh, modeling leadership. So uh, so grammar errors when you're talking about people uh, being more clear and concise are not always the best way to go here. So so this is in addition to being amusing, it's not really clear again on what it's meant by communication skills. Here's another one. Improve quality and completion of assigned duties. Well, we could say that about anybody. I could put that on any performance evaluation or any performance goals of anyone in any organization anywhere. So that's not at all specific to any one person. Besides, it's not clear on what we mean by improve. So if you are working with someone and let's say the performance standard is 80% customer satisfaction and this person is at 30% customer satisfaction, and next year they're at 35%, that's an improvement, right? They've improved 5% year over year. Unfortunately, they're still well below the standards you'd like them to be at, but they did improve, so they met the goal. And this is where leaders get into trouble on performance reviews at the end of the year, is there's a goal like that, improve quality and completion of assigned duties. And the person who is working for that leader says, hey, I did improve. Not only did I improve, here's evidence that I improved. And they pull out paperwork and emails and they show all the charts of how they've improved. And and the leader says, yeah, but you didn't improve as much as I wanted you to. And then, of course, the other party says, well, how was I supposed to know? And that's a fair criticism. That's how leaders get in trouble with this is that they're not specific at all on what they mean by improve. Here's another one begin working outside of their comfort zone towards new opportunities and or subject areas. Well, what opportunities? What subject areas? What is pushing out of your or move, working outside of your comfort zone even mean? 
you know, a lot of these types of things, we've heard these phrases and these, uh, you know, these, uh, what's the term, uh, cliches over the years. But when you think about it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot outside of their comfort zone. Uh, boy, that, that's kind of like the most overused business cliche of the last 10, 15 years. Uh, go to the next level. That's another one of my favorites. Uh, what does that mean? Next level, uh, outside comfort zone. It doesn't mean, it could mean anything or nothing. And of course, most of the time, the leader doesn't spend a lot of time explaining that and getting very specific on that even in conversation. So the person being led doesn't know what to do. And so we want to be more effective than this. If we're leading people, we want to be better than these kind of ineffective, general, non-specific goals. Being specific is key. And one great framework that I've used over the years and I've coached many people on using is a framework called SMART. Some of you have heard of this before. And if you've heard it before, this will be a great review. If you haven't, this will be a valuable tool for you to utilize in getting specific with people on their goals. And so the SMART framework is an acronym and it stands for S, which is specific, M, measurable, A, attainable, R, relevant, and then T, time phase. So I'll walk through all five of these and then give you a few examples of what a SMART goal would sound like and challenge you to start using them. So S is for specific. And specific is a reminder for us to get real specific with the goals that we're trying to have the other person to achieve. And of course, for ourselves too, anytime we're setting goals for ourselves. So specific means let's nail down exactly what it is that we're trying to focus on. So going back to that first ineffective goal, communicate more effectively. Well, communicate could mean a whole lot of different things. So I want to get a lot more specific with exactly what I mean by communicate. Let's say, for example, this person that I'm leading, I've observed that they really have a difficult time with customer situations when there is a, uh, a disagreement or a customer complaint. So rather than saying communicating more effectively, I might say I might say something like, um, communicating uh, communicating in difficult situations with customers during complaints or handling complaints in a proactive way. Something like that that gets a little bit more specific on exactly what I'm going to focus on. Now, now those two things I just mentioned still wouldn't be smart goals because they're still not they don't match a lot of the other standards here, but it gets me a little closer to exactly what I want rather than just being very general and saying communication. So we also want to then use the M here in SMART, which is measurable. One of the things that is challenging is that, especially when we're talking about goal setting, if we can't quantify it, there's, it's easy to have disagreement as to whether or not the goal was met. So I want to be as measurable as I can be. Now, sometimes it's harder in some situations and easier in others, depending on the situation and the goal. So handling a tough customer complaint, how do I measure that? How do I measure if someone has done that effectively? Well, there might be a couple of ways I might measure that. So one measurement I might make is how often are customer complaints being, um, being escalated to a supervisor? So I can probably measure that and figure out what that number is currently. And then I can set a standard for what I want that number to be as a leader going forward. If it's, uh, if it's in a customer situation, again, there might be some sort of evaluation or feedback or surveys. I can look at what the numbers are there. 
and then I can manage to those goals. So I can get very specific about some of those those things if those systems are there. Now, if those systems aren't there, a couple of things you may want to do. One is you may want to create them because you're going to be a lot more effective at being able to manage people if you know the data of how they're doing right now. Um, but the other thing you can do is you might just set some goals for things that you know are, are you know easier to do if you don't have a system like that. So say for example, I have an employee that I want to be I want them to be more effective at not escalating things to me when there's a customer complaint. And so my metric might be, hey, I you know right now it sounds it seems like I'm getting three to four complaints that are escalated to me a month. The goal would be no more than one a month. And let's manage towards that and figure out some ways to to get there. So that's where you can get some of these things to be more measurable. Now let's look at A, attainable. Attainable is a really important lens to look at as leaders because we want to make sure that the goals that we establish for others, for their development, and even the goals we establish for ourselves are goals that are attainable. And probably one of the mistakes that I see that happens often is that, uh, and, and leaders probably do this even more than, than people tend to do for themselves, is setting goals that are unattainable, setting numbers, setting metrics that the organization has never hit. Or maybe it's hit once, or maybe someone once long ago hit that number, but it's just not at all realistic to expect that the organization or the person is going to be able to hit that goal. You know, if five or 10% has been the standard of improvement over the last three years, and all of a sudden there's a goal of increasing results by 40%, you know, unless you're really doing something different as an organization and really making some huge change, it's unbelievably unlikely that that's going to change. And even if it does, that's probably not the best in most organizations anyway. If you're having leaps and bounds by 40-50%, that is, you know, you start to have growing pains then too. So uh, so really important checkpoint is, is the goals that people are setting and that you're setting for them, are they attainable? And here's the other reason for checking in on that. If they're not attainable and people know that, they won't put forth much effort into getting there. Why would they? if they know they're going to kill themselves to try to work toward a goal that they have a strong belief that they're never going to get to, why would they put forth a ton of effort to do that? I know I haven't. When I've worked in organizations and people have set goals that I perceive to be unattainable, uh, clearly unattainable, I, I, I didn't put forth as much effort into that because to me, it just seemed like a game. It's like, this is what the organization has said has to be on the development report. So you know, we'll put the number there, but I'm not really going to take that number seriously as an employee because I know it's, I know we're never going to get there. I know the history of the organization. I know what we're capable of doing. And I know that's just not a possible goal to get to. So you lose people's motivation and buy-in right away. And if you want to get people engaged and keep people engaged, attainability is key in goal setting. Now, I'm not saying go easy on people by no means. I mean, we should be, we should be pushing People. We should be challenging people to be more effective. So I'm not saying just give them the same goal they had last year, but let's keep the goals realistic and attainable. And then R, R stands for relevant. Is this goal relevant to the person's job, career, long-term goals, organization goals? But we want to check in to make sure that it's relevant to what that person has as their development priorities. And this goes way back to what we talked about in episode number two of the Coaching Skills for Leaders show here is, are we connected with what that person wants out of their career? 
And if you're not sure if you are, go back and listen to episode number two again on innovatelearning.com and listen to the interview I did with Matt Ross and listen for how I go through the framework to really learn about him and his background and then be able to start thinking about how goals could be relevant to him. If you haven't thought about that framework before, I really challenge you to go look at that. And then, of course, T is for time-phased. Time-phased or even time frame you'll see on some models or timeline, something time-phased here, making sure that the goal has some time component to it. Uh, you know, you could have the perfect SMART goal, but if there's no deadline for it, it's never going to happen. So here's a few examples of more effective goals that are utilizing the SMART framework. And these aren't perfect. You know, no, you know, very few goals I see are perfect, but here's, these are more effective and these are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-phased. So here's one. Establish procedures with vendors to reduce year-over-year error rates by 20% before June 30th. Well, that's pretty specific, right? It's also measurable because at June 30th, I can see what the year-over-year error rates are. Either they're going to be above 20% or below 20% or right at 20%. So there's not a lot of argument there. It's real clear. Now, attainable, we'd have to know that organization and that leader and that person to know if that's really attainable and if it's relevant. And certainly it's time-phased, right? Because it has a specific deadline. So here's another example. Become a subject matter expert on departmental software use by achieving Microsoft Office specialist certification by the end of the year. So again, that's real specific. It's measurable. Uh, you know, that sounds like a, a goal that's attainable uh, for, for most people. I think that's, uh, I, I don't know exactly that certification, I, but I think that's something you can do pretty, pretty easily within a year. Um, and of course, it's time-phased as well. Here's another one. Develop skill in departmental training activities by facilitating one class in quarter one of 2012 and receive participant satisfaction scores that are 80% or higher. Again, time-phased, specific, measurable, and and hopefully it's attainable and relevant based upon that person and their conversations with leaders. So I challenge you to utilize this framework, SMART, of setting goals that are specific, measurable, not only by you, but by the person that you're setting the goals with, that they're attainable, something that that person's actually able to achieve in that time frame. They're relevant to that person in the organization, and of course, they're time-phased as well. So I hope this information was helpful to you in being able to get specific with people. The more specific you can get and the clarity you have about your expectations as a leader, the easier it is for people that will be able to meet those goals, and the faster you'll help people to learn and to grow and utilizing your coaching skills to do that is a great investment in people. Hey, the link to the show notes is going to be on our website, innovatelearning.com. Take a look for episode number 15. If you or your organization are looking to improve your coaching skills, let us know. We might be able to help. You can reach us at 877-LEARN-45. And of course, you can reach out to me with feedback at feedback at innovatelearning.com. And just a reminder, this show posts every Monday morning. So look for us each week. Have a great week, everyone, and talk to you next week.